For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Steven, the NFL, Tua, is Tua just a winner? Is that where we're at at this? Because the Miami Dolphins thing seems somewhat for real now that they've beaten the Buffalo Bills, a team that many people were saying was just going to go undefeated and walk to the Super Bowl. Oddly satisfying with a butt punt. We have we saw <laughs> a butt punt, uh, the spiritual successor to the butt fumble. Tua went on that winning streak last year. Obviously, he won at Alabama. I know that a lot of people were excoriated for noticing that he threw for six touchdowns a few weeks ago. Where are we at with this guy? I mean, he 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 does win. So by definition, I think you would have to call him a winner. You know, I mean, he, he hasn't won in the playoffs. He hasn't won a Super Bowl. He hasn't won the big game. He's on his way to earning that kind of reputation. He got a lot of help from the defense today. Slowing down Josh Allen is uh, no small feat, but uh, that's that's what you need to win in the uh, National Football League is you need a defense that can stop people and you need a quarterback that you can rely on to uh, make a big play every now and then. And I don't know, so far he's doing it. He was awesome last week. That was an incredible performance. This week he did what he needed to do. And now they're three and oh, they're up on the bills. So what more do you want from him? You can't really ask for anything more than this leading the division. I kind of am excited to see all the people that were against this guy come up with a new explanation of why this isn't legit, why this can't be for real. The proof seems to be kind of in the pudding. Are we still saying the proof is in the pudding? I'm not a hundred percent clear what that means like why is why is pudding so important no like, we, we stopped saying that decades ago okay no right. longer in the pudding okay I, i'm not sure where the proof is but it's not in the pudding that's that's out i think that yeah as we've gone to a healthier lifestyle the pudding is out i don't know they've beaten the ravens and now they've beaten the bills like what more would you possibly want them to do i think of anybody in the nfl tua has put out proof in putting form well yeah i mean but that's it's awesome you know i mean the nfl is at its best when they're good quarterbacks and this is another good quarterback uh, appears to be another good quarterback on a good team and we got a close game today which uh did feature the the butt punt i was watching at a uh, bills fan's house and he he walked out of the room for a second and i'm like and i saw it happen i'm like that ball went off his ass. Mike, get in here. He punted it off his teammates' bottom. And I, and I said bottom instead of ass because uh, there are like five five small children in the room. So I, multiple times I like even stopped myself from saying butt to say bottom. It was uh, 
it was awkward, but uh, not as awkward as losing to the Dolphins when you're a Super Bowl favorite. No, uh, bottom punt doesn't have the same <laughs> ring to it. I can't wait to see if this one has the staying power of the butt punt because if I remember correctly, we were getting like retrospective pieces on the 10-year anniversary or eight-year anniversary, whatever it was. It kind of remains this seminal internet moment. I, I don't know if it'll be like that. It'll be so, it'll be something that we'll we'll know because I've never seen that. There's just something amazing about the Mark Sanchez play. I mean, it, it was Sanchez. It was the Jets. It was on prime time against the Patriots. It was the most, it was a perfect storm of embarrassment. So we'll always, we'll never forget the butt fumble. And we will probably always know the butt punt. Yeah. I mean, what a way to make history uh, to take a ball off your bottom. <laughs> the Chiefs lost to the Colts, who sucked until this point and didn't seem like they were going anywhere. Now they've beaten the chiefs. A lot of podcasts would ask for like a panic meter rating on Kansas city. They were awesome in week one. And in week two, they survived a mediocre performance by Patrick Mahomes. Now we have just an awful performance by that offense. I guess the bills lost today too, but it doesn't really seem like these supposed juggernauts are really just going to make this like the easiest storyline season, which it kind of felt like to me, at least at the top of the AFC after two games. Yeah, uh, the Bills certainly looked like they were going to cruise. Our, our good friend Bill Simmons was talking about whether or not they could go undefeated, which I'm, I'm sure was a bit of a reverse jinx. Yeah, the Bills tripped up and the Chiefs, it's probably going to end up being uh, one of those losses where you're like, how the hell did that happen? Because the Colts probably do suck. Uh, Matt Ryan is definitely on the uh, way out, but it's a long season. So there are going to be ups and downs. Uh, we we have uh, doubted Patrick Mahomes at our own peril before. I mean, I never really have. He had a bad game. I think he will uh, bounce back and be incredible Patrick Mahomes again. It's losses like this that, that make it a little interesting. You know, it, you have to weather the storm in the National Football League. <laughs> that doesn't land the same if you don't say the complete National Football League. You're the consummate pro, Stephen Douglas, and that's what I like about you. Speaking of doubting, I think I'm going to do it. Oh, no. Yeah, here we go. I think I'm going to count out touchdown, Tom. Wow. I'm not liking what I'm seeing. Uh, much like Giselle has not been liking what she's been seeing, but they go down 14 to 12 to the Packers. I mean, a gross game. Like, these teams didn't seem like they were very good. Like, it kind of felt like it should have been buried on Thursday night. Brady's struggling to throw the ball deep. He's skated on his defense in two straight weeks. And if that's a preview of the NFC Championship game, I, I think I'm going to make other plans. But I think I'm ready to do it. I mean, eventually, eventually. Look, and I know we've been doing this for years and saying, the end is nigh for Tom Brady. But one of these times, someone is going to be correct. And I feel like if I keep taking enough bites at that apple, I'm going to get it. Uh, should I be concerned? Should I like find a, a safe house and, and delete my internet? Uh, or uh, you think this is the one time? Well, eventually it will be the right time. I'm not sure if this is the right time. It definitely seems like the right time, you know, because he's so old. It's, it's a ballsy thing to count out touchdown Tom. 
you you said that if this was a preview of the NFC Championship game, you would make other plans, which would also mean that you were wrong to doubt touchdown Tom because he would have made the NFC Championship game in that scenario. But uh, yeah, he's he's looked like crap. He's uh, been carried by a defense, and it finally came back to uh, bite them in the win loss column today in the National Football League. Uh, as a special guest here, um, listeners of this podcast know that I've been tracking the International Baseball League of West Michigan all season, and uh, it's it's a rough one. Um, we're out. The Cubs are out. Mm-hmm. We lost the playoff game to the Braves. Justin Rutkowski of the Braves is hopping in midstream here. We're going to talk about that game, and he's going to preview the championship series against the Cardinals. But you've missed a lot. Mm-hmm. I just counted out Tom Brady. Um, okay. Your thoughts? It's hard to bet against TB12. I said this on my show last week. People have made a living betting against him being wrong, a.k.a. Max Kellerman at ESPN. Um, seven years ago on air saying that the cliff is coming. And since that speech, I think he's won three Super Bowls, if if I'm not mistaken. So it's really hard to bet against him. There's obviously some turmoil in his personal life. And one of the things that Tom Brady has always been able to do is be 100% football 100% of the time. And I'm thinking that um, a combination of the personal tor- personal turmoil, but also like he's been on an all-star team for the last two years. And this year is different. His O-line is banged up. His receivers are banged up. He doesn't have Gronk. So are they going to probably still win the division? Yes, one of the weaker divisions in the league. But I, it's hard for me to imagine them making a deep playoff run, even with the GOAT himself. Yeah, unless the defense does it. I have to say, I mean, that was, that was really good analysis. Uh, you're going to have to bring it way down to match Stephen <laughs> and I. Uh, a score that I'm looking at that I, I'm shocked by, but it it's legal. I verified it. The Jaguars win 38 to 10 over the Chargers. Stephen, how bad of a coach was Urban Meyer? I don't know. He's the team is going in the right direction, so he was obviously doing something right. Maybe you just need to kick a kicker every now and then to light a fire under somebody's ass. Uh, I think this is more a. Uh, I mean, the Jag the Jaguars are obviously much improved this year, but this was a real stinker by the Chargers and putting uh, Justin Herbert out there in his horrible state with his bad ribs was, it seemed dumb before the game and seeing the result now, it seems even worse. It's malpractice. Malpractice with the Chargers, That those are some strong accusations. Mm-hmm. That, team, that franchise has never had any problems in that department. Oh, never. Never, ever. No drama whatsoever. <laughs> so do you, I mean, so do we think that Justin Herbert is just going to be like this all year? It seems like one of those injuries that is going to linger. And then it's, if it doesn't linger, it's just the next hit is going to take him out and they're going to be back in the same spot. I'd be pretty concerned about that. He he does have a lot of surface area to hit. Yeah. My, my concern is, and, and I don't know if I so I broke a rib when I was playing football in school and that is one of the most painful things I I've I've broken a nose I've torn an ACL breaking a rib is the most is by far the most painful of of those three uh, you can't breathe and and it feels not only is it incredibly painful but if you take a breath you feel like you know you're getting stabbed and you're going to suffocate because you can't breathe so I don't know how the dude is, 
was able to play credit to him massive nuts that guy has for just going out there but if i'm the coaching staff and saying it's week three let's sit this guy for a couple weeks and even if we do take a loss let's get him healthy because this is an 18 week season minimum and i running him out there just did not make sense to me whatsoever yeah there's just no long-term planning here whatsoever involved um because even like, I mean, first of all, this is the guy you want quarterbacking your team for the next decade plus, and you're putting him at some serious risk right now. And also, the the season is very long. In order for a team to win a Super Bowl, a lot of times now they have to have somebody step in and win a game or two in the regular season at least. It's very rare for a quarterback to go all 16 games and now 17 games. So you're much better off just letting him rest. Maybe you have to throw away the season. Okay, well, at least you have the next nine or ten with uh, with your Pro Bowl quarterback. And that's uh, that's Justin Herbert, not Jeff Herbert. Uh, just correct. Want to make that 100 <laughs> clear. Uh, not a Super Bowl contender. Uh, the Detroit Lions. I had them winning the division uh, in a in a state of euphoria at about 3:30 today. <laughs> They outplayed the Vikings for 59 minutes, but Dan Campbell, who I have been a big fan of and will continue to be a big fan of, he made one of the worst coaching executive decision. I I think it's worse than anything that Nathaniel Hackett has done this year. Uh, They had fourth and four up by three from the Vikings 36 yard line, three options presented themselves. You could go for it. You win the game. If you get it, you could punt and pin Minnesota deep with no timeouts, or you could do what he did, which was try a 54 yard field goal. Uh, If you miss, you give them better field position. They missed 28 yard gain by Kirk Cousins immediate timeout on defense. The last timeout that made no sense and uh, another 28 yard touchdown pass. So when they got the ball back, there was no time to drive down the field. The Lions lose and are one and two. They could have been atop that division, but they are not. Um, it hurts. Uh, I'm just going to say that. I, I actually think that this Lions team is pretty good. They can run the football. And I was harboring hope that I thought they could maybe get to nine and eight. I do think that they have the players to do it. But how, Stephen, are these coaches still so bad at this stuff that we seem to have mastered in video games 15 years ago. Well, that decision sounds a lot like a hard-nosed old-school football decision where you're facing fourth down and you're within field goal range, so you kick the field goal. You don't go for it. You don't punt. That's the, Those are the move of, of insane people and cowards. And Dan Campbell is neither of those things. Well, he's one of those things. And that's why we love him. But um, yeah, the the Lions are, they might still be a year away. I know you're excited. I know you were excited about them earlier this afternoon, but uh, maybe it's time to temper your expectations. It was, it was a really nice 40 minutes. You got to take the good with the bad, right? So Dan Campbell coming in, he, he they they did not bring him in to be Sean McVay and to be the the next boy genius of the NFL world. Um, he's not Bill Belichick. He's not the you know Darth Vader, 
evil genius. Like nobody expected Dan Campbell to be that. So he, Dan Campbell has succeeded in his mission of changing culture. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Um, from everything that we've seen, um, how, how the guys are playing, they're playing fast. My biggest takeaway from the first game of the season was they just played fast. Like they looked like an athletic fast football team. We are going to see some, we're going to see some blunders uh, from the coaching staff, time management, um, some of those decision-making, you know, thank God for uh, the coach out in Denver. Uh, He's going to fade the heat a lot because I don't think we are going to see Dan Campbell do anything quite that boneheaded, you know, in hindsight, it's 2020, right? You know, you've got those borderline calls. He's a genius. If they, if they kick that field goal, he's an idiot. If, you know, they don't. So kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. But I think that there's we still have to be optimistic about the Lions. Um the our expectations. Um, I try to consider myself not to be a Lions fan, but it's hard sometimes because it's it's all around. They're the hometown team. Lions fans uh cautiously optimistic. Um, but there are also some who've completely drank drank the Honolulu Blue Kool-Aid and uh there's no turning back. So if it's the thing though, we have to keep in mind, they won three games last year. So, and they're by, by far a better football team this year. So if they go, you know, seven and nine, or it would be seven and 10, eight and nine, um, that's progress still, even though they're not lighting the world on fire. So context is important here. It's a long season. Let's not, let's not throw the baby out with bath water with Dan Campbell. I, on one hand, liked that he immediately went out and said, I hated the decision, but it, it kind of made me doubly more mad because he's the one that <laughs> made that decision. Uh, a better team this year than last year is the Philadelphia Eagles. 100%. They had Carson Wentz come into town and they thoroughly embarrassed him. 24 to eight. They look, I, I don't know. I don't know. They're the best team in the NFC. Steven, are they the best team in the NFC that you've seen so far? God, it's only been three weeks. I'm not ready to proclaim something that outrageous. I don't know. I mean, they they are winning games and they're kind of exciting. And Jalen Hurts is playing well. Uh, they got him more weapons, so they're right up there. If they're not, yeah, sure. You know what? In the National Football League, you have to uh, proclaim a team the best. So I'm going to call that the Eagles. You know what I think is kind of interesting, Justin? Is these two Alabama quarterbacks high expectations on one hand but also it kind of feels like people are a little bit surprised by how effective they are and I don't know if this is reflective of like Nick Saban but a few years ago when he decided he was done trying to win football games 16 to 13 and decided to try to win them 45 to 38 I mean, maybe there's something to be said about that infrastructure down there where you can actually produce winning NFL quarterbacks that can be all pros and and win Super Bowls, because if he can't do it, who can? Let's not forget about Mac Jones, who took a uh, a very talent depleted Patriots team to the playoffs last year. So I'll call I'll say three. Now, I'm not of the three. Mac Jones is a third and it's not really close, but. That you're right, and you're right on the money. I, I love seeing the, the locker room with Tua, uh, Jalen Hurts, and Mac Jones in the locker room smoking cigars after they won the national championship, and all those dudes are just balling out in the NFL today. So, yeah, Nick Saban switched up his game plan, and 
Um, not that the Alabama sucks defense. They just held a, an SEC opponent to what three points in, in, a, in a game last night. So they're, they're the best of the best. They're the cream of the crop. And yeah, you're, you're, you're spot on. I appreciate, uh, the multiple compliments there. I was fishing, uh, <laughs> Steven, the Raiders. Oh, and three. I don't ever want to hear about Derek Carr again. Um, I'm going to keep hearing about Derek Carr, but when are we going to, when are we going to see it? it? He's, it's kind of maddening uh, to me that he's sort of elevated to this place. And, and oddly, I don't, I don't know. I guess my point is the Derek Carr thing for me is just not happening. And I'm wondering if it's ever going to happen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's an okay quarterback. There are a lot of guys you'd rather have him than, but I, I, yeah, I don't see why anyone's ever been super excited about him. And then when they went out and got his former teammate, uh, Devontae Adams, I don't know, nothing has really changed for him. He's still the kind of guy who's going to maybe sneak into the playoffs and stink there. So yeah, I, I've never really been too impressed with him or his brother. I was happy to see that the Jets lost. Uh, Robert Sala, I, I, I hated to see him be able to take a victory lap after that stupid receipts comment. <laughs> Karma, so the Bengals get right. They're playing the Jets. I don't, I mean, I did we learn anything about the Bengals today, Justin? It was a get right game for him. There's, right game. There, there's no doubt about that. The Jets were... Uh, on their high horse, pulling them. It was a miracle game against Cleveland. Like Cleveland should be three and zero right now. The Jets should be zero and three. Um, so I'll call that a little bit of a fluke. That uh, Cincinnati O line has been completely rebuilt. So there's probably some. It's it, it's not surprising that it was going to take some time uh, to get to get those guys in sync and on the same page. Uh, Joe Burrow was the most sacked quarterback in 2021. And uh, after the first games, he was on pace to break that record again. So um, I think the, the offensive line kind of figured it out again, a get right game against the jets. uh, Never hurt anyone. It's like a chicken soup for the soul. Like (laughs) you got the jets on on your calendar. That's a, it's a good, good day to get right. I love a get right game. Oh, that's just, can I, can I, um, can I backtrack real quick? This is your show and I apologize, but Um, I, I, I'm not, I'm not having it with the Derek Carr slander and here's why I'm going to push back on this. (laughs) Derek Carr's 2021 numbers, uh, 60, 68.5% completion, 4,800 passing yards, 23 touchdowns, 14, four ticks and a, uh, 94 QBR. So not like he's okay. Not John Elway, not Aaron Rodgers, not Tom Brady. Very good. Went to the playoffs, almost beat the, uh, the defending AFC champs in the uh, in the first round of the playoffs last year on the road. The AFC West is so weird this year because from the go, I'm a big Chief, I'm a Chiefs homer, big Chiefs diehard fan. And at the beginning of the season, from an analytical standpoint, I could not like any one of those four teams could finish first or fourth. So it's the, in my opinion, the best division in football. So I think that the Raiders early struggles like that's really tough because they have six more conference games against top 10 opponents this year. So yes, they've dug themselves into a hole, um, but I'm not putting that all on, on DC up there. So 
Well, it's not all on him, but I'm just saying <laughs> we're going to be entering next season and he's going to be yeah. two years old with nothing really to show in the mm-hmm. winning department or production in his career. I understand that his numbers are good, but I, I just, I, I would like to see some sort of progression, uh, you know, and it's not like a lot of times I feel like he's put in discussion with some of these younger quarterbacks, but like I said, I mean, he's a grizzled veteran, like Steven sure. of blogging. Steven, did you know that Justin Fields, the quarterback of the two and one Chicago bears is averaging 99 passing yards per game. That doesn't seem like that's a sustainable model to win football games. And yet here they are at two and one. What have the bears done to him? Because, you know, big 10 country here, watched a lot of Ohio state games. The dude was amazing. Like he's not as good as CJ Stroud, the guy they have now, but like he was electric running the football, throwing the football, the bears have this sad thing. It seems like where they have like a, a quarterback shrinking machine where they take someone who has great potential and just mash them into this uh, gruel of sadness. Oh, well, this is the guy who couldn't get on the field at Georgia. Right. So he transferred to a loaded team at Ohio state. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. That you could say that. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm just excited that he's that close to a hundred yards a game. It, it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen for him. It's definitely the wrong spot for him because the Bears stink. They're an organization top to bottom that seems uh, very bad right now. So maybe if he had been drafted somewhere else, he would have stood a better chance. But in Chicago, I'm not sure it's going to happen. All right, we got four games left. We got 10 minutes to do it. Let's go quick. Falcons Seahawks in a game that I mean they had to play this one contractually <laughs> both these Who teams cares? are bad actually let's not talk about it I, <laughs> I agree I got bored reading the score Rams 20 Cardinals 12 ah, the Rams are just so unimpressive and here's the Kyler Murray problem okay he's the best quarterback in football down the stretch last week and he's electric today 12 points. I didn't learn anything about the Rams. I I'm not more impressed with him with this victory. I think that the Cardinals uh, stink aggressively. That one's open for discussion. Anybody. I think that the, um, the, and you guys probably talked about these guys before, or maybe, maybe we didn't. Um, I think the the 49ers uh, are the only team in NFL history that got better after losing their starting quarterback. So that division is going, they're, they're going to win that division, in my opinion. We just haven't seen the same firepower from the Rams this year that we did last year when they went on that magical run. And let's not forget, they were a 500 football team about Thanksgiving last year. And then they, they, they flipped it into, into another gear and went on a, an incredible run and won the Super Bowl. I'm I'm still looking for that spark. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, they're just kind of kind of I mean, they've won the Super Bowl, so they're just trying to get back to the playoffs, get in. They're just going to do what they can when they can and probably do the same. Panthers 22, Saints 14. Uh, again with this. That is a bad bad division. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel bad for counting out touchdown tom justin <laughs> i mean what's the scenario where the bucks don't win this division tom, uh, tom brady tears his acl next week and they they put uh blaine gabber or uh trask the the second year quarterback out of florida he gets in like there there's something something has like 
there has to be something catastrophic, in my opinion, for the Bucks not to win that division. Um, because who is he going up against? Jameis Winston, Baker Mayfield. Oh yeah, Marcus Mariota. Hey, I'll say this: relatively impressed with what I've seen out of Marcus Mariota. I, he's a he was a dark horse uh, fantasy football pickup for me uh, on on the waiver wire after Dak Prescott went down. So uh, he's done pretty well in that regard. And uh, they've got some weapons on offense, so maybe Atlanta can give them some problems. But the division's theirs until proven otherwise. All right, last game of the day, Stephen. Can I count out Bill Belichick? With this team, probably. For two decades, he was in the worst division in football, and he and Tom used that to their advantage. And now they are on the bottom half, slightly above the Jets, though not right now in the standings. Um, They've got the Bills, who are a legitimate uh, Super Bowl contender, and the Dolphins, who are starting to look like a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So you know they're gonna they're gonna keep fighting the good fight with mac jones but i i i he's so old he's just so old he did it so well for so long just retire go ahead and count him out it's fine well if mac jones is injured which it seems like he is and this is a lost year i guess i will ask the question more thoughtfully to you justin how i just can't imagine that he wants to spend his golden years like and go out kind of on these losing seasons. Like I really, I know it's not trying to be a hot take. I'm just wondering like, when does he say enough is enough? And that's based on his personality where it seems like he really despises losing. Bill Belichick will walk away when his son is ready to take over the head football coach position. We know this, that Robert Kraft is a sentimental owner. He's not a, like, yes, he's a businessman. He's a billionaire, obviously. But the, like when Bill Belichick wanted to trade away Tom Brady to keep Jimmy Garoppolo, um, you know, basically Robert Kraft said, it's you're doing what I say, or we're keeping, or, or you're gone because I'm, you know, I'm, he seems like he's emotionally attached to some of his players. So I, it, it it's hard to imagine an NFL without Bill Belichick, but the day is going to come. The one thing that I started noticing the last couple of years, he's not drafted well. And that was one of the things that the Patriot way, quote unquote, they're finding these guys in the fifth, sixth round that can be contributors. It's those guys that, that are, you know, significantly under the, you know, or playing for the league minimum or something like that, going out and contributing. And, you know, got all the respect for him in the world, but it, it seems to me he may have lost uh, some of his magic touch. And by the way, my opinion is that Tom Brady was the glue that kept that that ship together. And once Tom Brady left, that's when the wheel started to fall off. And we kind of, it's pretty obvious to me now, at least, who um, who is the uh, more important person in that relationship. You think the ship has sailed on Kraft getting that Super Bowl ring back from Vladimir Putin? It would probably be an awkward time to ask for it. It's that time again. One last time for me, maybe, or maybe we'll uh, cover the championship series because 
it is extremely sad. As you know, I've been doing the International Baseball League of West Michigan postgame all year, mainly focused on the Cubs, which makes sense because I play for the Cubs. Today, we were in the semifinals against the Braves. The Braves, who played their way into the playoffs by winning on the last day, then winning a playoff game after that, beat us 8-6. to six. Blitzkrieg, right off the bat, sneak attack, some shoddy defense in the first inning, a grand slam by the mighty Matt Sisson. Uh, could be like a Samson situation there. I think if he cut his hair, maybe he couldn't hit the ball. Uh, we're going to be exploring that. Another home run, a guy we like to call Sal. The Cubs stormed back with six runs, but the bats were dead. And I have to say, Justin, you were with us in the first part of this podcast. And when the playoff picture came into view, believe me or not, I I was afraid of this moment. I was I saw it like a slow motion car crash because you guys played us twice during the regular season and we needed everything that we could do to escape with the two victories. We knew that Sean Huey, the pitcher, is, is unbelievable. And once you guys started winning and we had been off for like a month, I just saw it off in the distance. But all credit to you. You guys will play the Cardinals in the championship series. What a team you got over there. Congratulations. Thanks, sir. Um, first off, thank you for the inside information. I did not know that the Cardinals won until just now. So that will be a, that'll be a dog fight as usual. They're they're pretty good, but um I in and I can only take so much credit because this was a weird year for me because I played on the team for the last four years. Um, and last year at the end of the season, I was my body was completely banged up. I had a knee problem my shoulder was all inflamed I, I had a partially torn labrum in my throwing shoulder and uh here um I I was pretty much like I was done like I didn't think I wanted to go back anymore like I loved playing the game but I was just you know I've been playing through pain for probably six weeks and I was I was tired of it so I took the winter off and I did um I didn't do any baseball stuff whatsoever and I played um you know, played basketball and racquetball in the winter. And, and I dropped about 20 pounds, which was good and played some church league softball in the summertime. Not really, you know, you know, staying in touch with Freud, go watch a game. I actually umpired a couple, couple of your games at the beginning of the season. Um, I umpired about 50 games this year. So that was, um, that was kind of a new chapter for me. And then things just kind of worked out that I, I had a Sunday where my wife was working and my kids were at my parents' house and I'm going to go play some baseball. And so I just showed up at the field and, um, and to correct you a little bit, um, the Braves have been playing playoff baseball since the beginning, the end of August, actually. So they were two games back with three games left. And basically we controlled our destiny. If the, the, so we had, we had to have some help to get in. So the White Sox had to lose a couple. We had to win a couple. And it ended up being, a, you know, the the last game of the season was a tiebreaker. Um, we had to play our regular scheduled game against the Power. And then we had to play a tiebreaker game against the Mariners to even get into the playoffs. So it was like four or five games of like win or go home, basically. So, and, you know, credit to the team that Froy put together this year, um, because there was a lot of turnover from uh, the last couple of years. Um, you know, it, 
it was a very interesting thing to go from being a everyday player to kind of sitting on the sidelines and just following the, you know, following the sport. And I've made a lot of really good friends on our team and other teams. And it's been, you know, it's, it's been a really cool experience to be part of the international league, but, um, but yeah, I can only take so much credit because Roy did an amazing job running the team and building things, you know, after about half the team left last year. And, um, here we are, you know, why not us? <laughs> it's been cool to see, um, you know, my experience with the Cubs, we've been the top two teams, the first four years I was in the league and this is the fifth. And, yeah, I think in discussions I would have with my teammates and other people on the show, I would say that, you know, we saw some problems, okay? Saw some structural problems. Mm-hmm. The lack of early offense, some unreliable defensive play was was there all season. We had a lot of close calls and we let a lot of teams that shouldn't have been hanging around hang around. And it's like it all kind of manifested today on a day when Christian didn't have his best stuff. When he does – he can be virtually unhittable. Obviously, it was clear that he wasn't as sharp as normal, and you guys capitalized. And it was like every 50-50 play, and there was a, a big put out by the second baseman on a nice play mm-hmm. up that the middle. Huge. Shortstop played really good. It was like when you guys needed a play, especially on the defensive end, you got it. When you needed a hit, you yep. got it. It was putting the ball in play, and it was waiting for that grand slam, which changed the entire dimension of the game i i think like i said like i was i was afraid about this happening and i think that you guys do have just as good of a chance as the cardinals who maybe have had like higher highs than you and maybe higher highs than anybody in this league all season when they have their full team they can be really good and they played awesome baseball for like i think the first like 12 weeks they might have been 11 and one but you guys Mm -hmm. commitment to making the other team earn outs and the attitude was just so apparent. And honestly, it's the worst day of the year when you get eliminated from this thing, because you know, when you're in it, you have one goal, especially if you've Mm -hmm. won in the past, it's you got to win or it's a failure, but I'm just so happy to see Mm -hmm. you guys in the finals and the Cardinals in the finals, because I think it's so good for the league to get some new blood in there. And I'm really excited for your team and the Cardinals to experience what is a really cool and awesome experience. What was it like being out there the last two weeks in the do or die playoffs? And how does that compare to the regular season? Well, for, first off, I got to say this. Um, it was a really cool experience to me because I, I really like a lot of the guys on your team and I have a lot of respect for all, like, like all of the guys on your team are, are great, great guys. What from, AJ Coop, uh, Jeremy, I mean, Cooper and Jeremy, they played with us last year. Um, and you know, you Ariel flicky, like those, like really like Rodri, like really like a lot of your guys. And, um, and it was really cool because every time we played you guys, cause I, I've, I think I've played in this league almost four years. I think it's been four years now. And every time, and we haven't beat you guys, but every time it's been a dogfight, it's been a good baseball game. And we've had, um, you know, we've had like a seven, three ball game. We've had a a five, four ball game. We've had a, we had a game last year where you guys were up 10, nothing in the fourth. And we, we had a double header. It was supposed to be two, seven inning games. Uh, Our first game went 10 innings and we won that one. 
And then our second game went nine innings and we lost that one to you guys, 10, 11, after we came back from being down 10 to nothing. And um, so really enjoyed, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you can you know, like you build relationships through good competition. And so it's, it's so fun to just be out there and, you know, and, you know, talk shit, have a good time. And, uh, and, and really like there was good baseball played today by their good plays made by both teams. Really excited going forward to see what happens. Um, the, the do or die stuff with, you know, we knew we had to beat the power and the power is never like I've umpired a couple of their games and, um, there's definitely some talent on that team, um, but not necessarily top to bottom, if that makes sense. Um, but they, they, they threw a pitcher out there that I hadn't seen before. I believe he played for the Mariners last year, but, um, he threw, he threw nine innings and you know, you're eight, he complete any, a complete eight inning game. And, uh, we, we put up six runs on, and the only reason we got six is because they made a few errors. Like I think only two two of them were earned so had to get through them and then i had a prior commitment i didn't even stick around for the mariners game and so um and quite frankly i didn't know what to expect and all of a sudden guys texted me hey we won we'll see you on sunday so that was you know it was a really cool um yeah it was just really cool like things are just it's it's one of yeah some guys are saying why not us you know let's make it happen when I try to like convey what I get out of this league, I think I can only explain it to people who have been around a few years. You can't expect like someone who's showing up their first season or the second season to really get it because I know the relationship that I have with my team. It really does feel like mm -hmm. an extended family, you know, and like we work toward one goal every yeah. single year and that's what it's about and you think about it in the off season and then during the season you think about okay i can't wait to get to sunday because that's going to happen and then i can't wait for the playoffs and it's going to be great and now i know that like every we're so myopic in life that i guess it's really opened my eyes this year and especially when a team beats you uh it really forces you to be like you know what mm -hmm. the, the world doesn't revolve around me and it doesn't revolve around my team, like the people in that other dugout are feeling the exact same thing, you know, like they're dealing with the emotions, good mm -hmm. and bad. And they also have had like this year of trying to put the team together in this five months of going out there and playing baseball, hoping to get to this point. My seven-year-old son who was at the game today, like was really broken up that we lost. Cause like, Oh, I'm so sorry that you lost. I'm sorry that, sorry that you lost. You can see he was like mm -hmm. feeling this compassion. I was like, you know what, man, like, you learn stuff from losing and it's, it's mm -hmm. good to be on the wrong side of that sometimes because it wouldn't, you know, without that, the winning isn't as fun. And I think that you guys have been building and to go further than I think a lot of people have expected is awesome. Like it's, I think it's one of the most impressive feats mm -hmm. I've seen in the league, no matter what happens in the finals. I have to give a shout out because you mentioned this earlier and I wanted to come back to it. Some of the little moments that, you know, could swing the game one way or another. Um, Justin Ringler is a, he's a guy that hadn't played ball in years. And I met him through a friend of a friend and invited him to come work out with me last year at diamonds. We we're working out Saturdays at seven in the morning. And he came out and he has been a absolute stalwart 
in uh, since the beginning of last year. Um, he, he great attitude, great. Um, but he he has played probably every position on the field, maybe outside of first base. For us, he's pitched. He's short, third catcher, outfield. In like, he's the ultimate utility guy. So. Um, for him to go and make that play up the middle, he's so freaking consistent that he he's just an absolute, you know, he, he doesn't have the strongest arm. He's not the he doesn't have the biggest bat, but he is so consistent. And um, yeah, he's a great dude. So had to give him a shout out. Um, but yeah, it's it's just kind of cool to see the team come together and um and and for me personally, like here's here's a testament to the team so i didn't i i came pretty much from straight from the softball field to play play baseball like really kind of cold and uh just kind of walked down the field and say hey Fred, i'm here if you need me i'll i'll play wherever you need me to except the outfield because i suck at the outfield and uh, uh if you need me to hit if you need me to run i'll do whatever and so they put he Freud put me at third base and i haven't I, i've I really haven't played third base that much. I'm, I've really been more of a shortstop, second baseman. Um, I'm more comfortable behind like catching than I am at third base. And I made a couple errors like my first game out. And it would have been so easy for those dudes to say, okay, I've never seen this guy before. And Freud just started him. He just showed up in street clothes, brought his stuff, and Freud threw him out there at third, and he made a couple errors. Um, but like there was zero negative energy whatsoever. And I think that is just that's so important to for the glue of a team to hold everybody together because, like you said earlier, um, th- those are priceless, and that's what makes a, a good team great. Yeah, I mean, we've kind of touched on it a few ways in saying it, but as we close here, I, I think I am really, even though this season will go down. You know, if it's pass fail, it it's a failure for us. I, I can't wait to get back out there next year. I can't believe it's going to be like seven months till I play competitive baseball mm-hmm. again. I think that this is the best year that the league has ever had easily. Like with going to 12 teams with the competition, like it's awesome. And, and I think that it's been really good because at every turn, it kind of exceeds my expectation. You know what I mean? Like there were a time, there was times a few years ago where I was coming out here and I was like, I don't know if I want to do this or like, it doesn't seem worth it, but it really seems like, especially this year, it transcended into something where it really felt like everybody is programming, program building. And I really think it's only going to get bigger and better as it goes forward. Has that been your experience as well? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so just for the first game that I saw this year was um, was I believe it was the first when you guys played the Cardinals for the first time and and the the Cardinals like we've played them in the past like we've never beat you guys since I've I've played we've beaten the Cardinals before and the one thing that I took away from that team and I was like these guys have built they've built a program and they have some very talented guys on this team now, whereas they may not have before Um, the A's have held things together for years. Like they've been good for years. Um, You guys 
um, you know, in a lot of ways, you know, you added talent this year, you know, you brought in, you know, our, 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 um, our cleanup hitter all, all last year. And I mean, you guys, you guys brought him in Cooper and he's batting like the eight spot, like <laughs> just to give some context there. But, um, but then there's also like last year, there's a handful of teams that just, you know, they kind of folded down the stretch and there, you know, I believe there was one team that, that ended up forfeiting games at the end of the year because nobody wanted to show up. And there's a handful of teams that were just ridiculously uncompetitive. And, you know, you're going to get that. There are going to be good teams and bad teams in any league. Um, the NFL is no exception. There are good teams and bad teams. But um, I, I think top to bottom, the league was really good this year. And I, you know, credit to Javi. Like, I don't know the story of the league that much. I kind of just accidentally stumbled upon it four years ago. So, and I, I don't know a ton about, like, I know it's been around forever. But um, credit to Javi for holding it all together. And I know that he he puts a lot of time and mental energy into it. So, um, yeah, credit to him for for keeping it together so that guys like, you know, has been guys like you and me can still go out there and, uh, you know, live our baseball dreams. So it's great. Do you want to make any bulletin board material by uh, promising a, a championship or anything like that? <laughs> I promise that it will be a competitive, uh, competitive championship game or series now because it's best of three series. I don't know. That's not really my style. Yeah, what the hell? Braves by fifty. Let's go. <laughs> I love it, Justin Rakowski. Thank uh, you for joining me for both parts of this. Uh, good luck. I, I'm, I don't really care. I'm rooting for you guys over the Cardinals. That's fine. I, I'm, I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. One last thing before we sign off anybody in the league that's listening to this like like come on out and just watch some good baseball like that's the one the one criticism that i have about our league is that there have been some like really meaningful games and you'll see maybe one or two guys from other teams come show up like this this league is a community like come come show out have some fun talk some shit eat some tacos have a good time so love to see you out there mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.